Good morning, everyone. My name is uh, Professor Martin Spragon. I'm the Dean of the School of Business and Quality Management at Hamdan bin Mohammed Smart University, HBMSU. Today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to Mr. Jean-Luc Scherer. Jean-Luc is an industry thought leader with more than 20 years of experience in uh, the mobile industry and digital technologies. He has advised top-tier telecom services providers, such as, for example, Etisalat, Turkcell, STC, or SANE, on digital transformation, uh, uh, Internet of Things, big data, and cloud. Over the years, Jean-Luc developed a passion for innovation and entrepreneurship and became an innovation coach in 2014. He's the founder is Inopolis, is a digital innovation factory. Uh, Jean-Luc has uh, more recently joined Khalifa Innovation Center to support research projects and turn them into full-scale startups. A recognized player in the startup ecosystem, Jean-Luc is also a jury member of global organizations, as for example, the World Summit Award, and is a regular keynote speaker on topics related to innovation and technology. Thank you for joining me to welcome Mr. Jean-Luc Gerard. So thank you very much for the introduction. Um, my name is Jean-Luc Gerard again, and uh, I will be talking about learning for better life. Now, this is a very broad subject, and uh, I was a bit unsure, first of all, how to, how to talk about this, but I think uh, what, what makes sense is to try to put ourselves in the heads and shoes of a lot of young people today, which are probably wondering what type of skills they should develop, which are wondering about what they should learn, what, what makes sense uh, for them to develop as skills and, and how to approach learning for, for a better life. Um, we're living today in times of uncertainty and uh, a lot of the you know, younger people I talk to, they, they, they ask me a lot of questions about their, their future, or what is it they should focus on? Uh, will a certain skill set still make sense in five years, in 10 years? And I think that that is a question that is very, very difficult to answer. But to have a better chance to answer it, I think it's good to look at how we will or how we believe that society will evolve over the next 10 years or the next five years uh, to give us a better idea on how we can shape our own future through learning. So I'll start by talking about a bit of a vision on, on how society is evolving. Um, and then I'll put all of this also in the perspective of work. A lot of the learning we're trying to do is, is um, to figure out what type of jobs we can take in the future, but also, you know, what type of uh, maybe businesses we, we want to set up and so on. So I'll start by looking at society, then we will talk about work, uh, to, to know what type of skills uh, will be more relevant, um, but then also how are we going to learn and how is learning evolving over the coming years. So if we, if we look at uh, society over, um, you know, over, over the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years, um, society has been evolving, evolving uh, from a situation where 
a lot of the education, a lot of the learning for us was very much based on getting a job. It was a lot about job safety. Um, and for companies, the focus, you know, especially after uh, the second industrial, uh, industrial revolution was a lot about production and efficiency. So businesses were efficiency driven and people were very much trying to get jobs. So focusing on job safety. As we entered uh, the third industrial revolution, you know, as we had the internet, as we have computers, and as we get more and more connected, society is transforming. We are going through this uh, third industrial revolution as we speak, and we are also about to enter the fourth industrial revolution. In that situation, and, and this is where we are today, um, digital has changed a lot. Businesses have transformed. Businesses become more value-driven. Uh, businesses also try to use data and uh, technology to automate more of their business. Now, the good thing is that for us, it allows us to focus a bit more on work-life balance. So priorities have changed both for businesses and for us. Now, as we are entering the fourth industrial revolution, uh, what is happening is that businesses are now focusing more and more on, on using data, on using artificial intelligence to create systems which are be, you know, becoming more and more autonomous. Uh, but also there's a, a big question mark around, uh, you know, what will our future look like? Um, um, you know, people are more concerned about uh, sustainability, about the environment. Uh, and the companies that will strive in the future are companies that have new types of mindsets that basically have a massive transformation purpose at the core uh, and, and start to use exponential thinking. So society is going to you know, further transform, further the changes we see today are going to further accelerate uh, through the uh, usage of technology. Now, that is something we started to see already, right? And in, 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 the, in the current day, we, we already see how technology is changing our lives, how automation is transforming businesses. Um, just think about Amazon. Amazon has been automating their warehouses since in the last six, seven years ago, um, you know, with, uh, with robots. Uh, most of the uh, shipments in their warehouses are now automatically handled by robots, uh, reducing the, the need for, you know, manual labor, but also speeding up the, the whole process of, of delivering goods. Um, if you look at the, the way technology is used, um, and especially if you stay with Amazon for a second, uh, they are today uh, also redefining retail. Uh, Amazon Go is a typical example of that uh, because basically it's a shop that you, you enter, you, you check in with your smartphone and then you just pick up the goods you, you, know, you need and then put it in your virtual shopping basket and then you just exit uh, and the amount of money that you know, shop for is automatically deducted from your Amazon account. Now, this is a fully autonomous or almost autonomous shop uh, with almost no personal required. At least there's no uh, you know, cashier anymore. So technology is simplifying life. It's also removing uh, a lot of the uh, you know, manual labor uh, that, that, that is needed in, uh, in certain cases. Um, going forward, uh, that 
technology, uh, you know, especially when we look at uh, artificial intelligence, will have massive impact. Um, for instance, Tesla is already now uh, testing full self-driving cars. Now, what is what is the impact of that uh, in the future? You know, we might not need any uh, taxi drivers anymore. It will be cars coming up, coming to pick us up at our doorstep, and there's not going to be any need for 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 a driver anymore. Uh, we also start seeing robots appearing in customer experience centers, uh, taking maybe the first uh, level of engagement with the customer to answer simple questions. Uh, just think about the uh, you know the pepper robot that you might have seen in a few of the uh, you know gov government centers, like like at Diwa, for instance. Uh, these are all advancements in technology that are changing our lives. Um, and, and, and then the, the question, uh, you know, we might ask ourselves is how far is this going to go? How far until we, you know, we, we, we might be replaced as a, you know, as a workforce, um, you know, as a, as a, as a whole. Um, and that, that is, um, you know, fear that, that is often, um, you know, illegitimate and, and also a bit, uh, maybe put in our minds through, through science fiction. Nevertheless, uh, there, there is a fear. There's a fear that uh, technology, automation, uh, hyperscale businesses, um, you know, massive companies uh, like the Amazons, the Googles and others could in the long, long run uh, lead to, uh, to more, uh, you know, unemployment. So there's a fear uh, about uh, job loss. Now, the reality, is that if we look at today's jobs, uh, and this was a study that was done by uh, McKinsey a couple of years ago, is that certain types of jobs are indeed at risk. Uh, so certain types of jobs that are very labor intensive, very manual, like for instance, sewing machine operators, uh, some of the you know, agricultural uh, sort, sorters type, type of work can be you know, could potentially be fully automated and some jobs like psychiatrist uh, job or legislative job are almost impossible to automate today. Uh, overall, uh, you know, you could say that almost any uh, occupation, at least 60% of occupations have at least 30% of their activities that could be automated. So there's a massive uh, impact that automation will have, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know jobs uh, will be uh, that only jobs will be lost. But it means that new skill sets will be required, and that jobs will shift. Some jobs will become less important, and others will become more important. And and that uh, is something to have in mind if we start to wonder uh, how we should develop our 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 learning mindset. Now, this type of, um, you know, platform business model, uh, this type of new uh, business models emerging also has led to more of a, of a gig economy. Uh, a gig economy is basically when workers uh, join, uh, you know, platform to provide services on demand. Uh, we see it very much for, you know, website design um, services like Done With Fever or 99design, but also, you know, the uh, the typical Uber driver or the Grab driver, uh, they are paid based on the number of rides that they provide. So that gig economy 
is also something that is is, is drawing more and more uh, in, in influence. Um, in some of these jobs, potentially could again, some of these jobs could potentially be automated, like the uh, the cab driver, for instance. So, um, artificial intelligence, uh, digital transformation will all lead to uh, changing needs in businesses. Um, these needs uh, will lead to some skill sets, which are mainly physical and man manual, uh, to be uh, less in demand. Uh, even some of the basic uh, cognitive skills, um, which is like you know inputting uh, data in a system or, or sorting or these type of things, um, and the impact uh, will vary from one industry to the other. Uh, so we can see in heavy industries like manufacturing, uh, mining, uh, even banking and insurance, um, there's a lot of manual work uh, still being done that potentially can be automated. In other areas, um, actually, uh, technology will help, for instance, nurses and doctors to take better care of their patients. In that case, some of that work will, will, uh, will, will increase. Um, where we will see an increase in demand, again, according to this uh, studies from McKinsey, uh, is that higher cognitive skills uh, will um, increase in demand across the board. Uh, social and emotional skills will see a sharp uh, increase, uh, as well as uh, technology skills. So if we look at the type of skills to, uh, to develop in the future, this is kind of the uh, the heat map uh, we should look at depending on the in industry uh, that, that, that we are interested in. Uh, this will have an impact on uh, shifts in workforce, of course. Um, if you look at um, the global uh, workforce, still a lot of the work is, is, uh, is manual and that work will, uh, will reduce over the coming years. Uh, and the same is true for basic um, you know, cognitive skills. Where we will see um, an increase is, is really on these, uh, um, especially right now, there's an increase demand on technological skills, social and emotional skills, as well as uh, higher cognitive skills. So again, um, the, uh, the threat uh, of um, you know, automation of artificial intelligence is there for certain job types, but overall, it is more that there's going to be a shift a shift toward new job roles, a shift toward new skill sets. Uh, and this, this is what it's important to have in mind if you start thinking uh, about how you should develop your own uh, learning, how you should de develop your own, own skill sets and, and capabilities. Um, yeah, and, and you know, when we look at these, uh, these shifts and these increase in demands, it's, it's going to be all across the board. Uh, it's, uh, it, what applies to, to the US today in terms of uh, increase in technological skills or social skills uh, will pretty much be reflected in similar ways in, in, in Western Europe and, and, and the rest of the world. Uh, so there's a lot of um, you know, similarities you, you see in these uh, trends and how AI will accelerate the shift in skills that, that are needed. So now, if, if we, if we um, have this in mind, if we think about how uh, society is going to evolve and how businesses are going to focus more on, you know, transforming initially to create more, more value, but also transforming 
to uh, you know to solve more of the more massive or bigger uh, bigger problems uh, for you know for uh, for 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 humanity even uh, then how is that going to impact us if you want as uh, contributors to society as citizens as employees uh, and here also th there's going to be some major shifts that we can expect um, you know in the past if you look at 20 30 years ago employees were very much you know employable um, you know at the exit of uh, university or school and joining a company pretty much for life um, and basically the learning you did uh, was very much driven by the job role that you wanted to uh, to obtain. Uh, once you obtained the job, it was very much the employer that was driving career development. What, what is happening now is that with digital transformation, and, and now we have seen this uh, even more during the pandemic, is that more and more work can be done remotely. Uh, Work done remotely means that you have more flexibility. Again, you, you, you gain more of this, uh, you could say work-life balance, but the reality is also that the loyalty between uh, the employer and the employee uh, will decrease on both sides. Uh, uh, but in the long run, we could imagine also that uh, you know, the bond between the employer and the employee is not that permanent anymore. And that means also that the workers, the employees, the citizens need to think about or take more ownership on their own uh, learning and, and, and skills development. Um, if you look at how businesses are going to develop using digital technologies and, and also the ability to tap into uh, more global talent pools, that means there's going to be an increased competition as well. There's going to be a more distributed and on-demand workforce. Um, the fact that you will be continuously in competition with other global resources also means that, you know, as an individual, you need to stay competitive. You need to constantly learn. You need to constantly develop new skill sets. Uh, so these are these are things to uh, to keep in mind when we look at this rapid evolution uh, that is only accelerating through uh, through technology. Um, right now, uh, most of us are getting accustomed to working from home. Right, the the home is kind of turning into into our uh, second office. Technology is taking an increasingly important role. Uh, in, 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 our, in our jobs, any type of job, but also technology is becoming increasingly important as well to continue to accelerate that trend, uh, to help uh, businesses uh, stay competitive, to help businesses uh, you know, transform. Now, a couple of years ago in 2017, uh, Capgemini and LinkedIn actually did a, a study on, uh, you know, the current situation with digital skills. So, so one of the, uh, you know, biggest challenge uh, for a lot of companies that that aim to stay competitive in the digital economy is that um, digital skill sets and some of the hard skills are uh, relatively scarce. Um, some of the most demanded uh, skill sets today are around uh, things like cloud computing. Uh, full stack developers, uh, data scientists, 
and on top of that, also cybersecurity. So these, you could expect that if there's a shortage of these skill sets already today, and if uh, the speed of change is accelerating, if digitalization is further accelerating, then the gap uh, between what the industry needs and what is available might continuously uh, increase. Um, so these are definitely some of the skill sets to invest in in the in the in the near future. Um, some of these jobs, like the data scientist, for instance, is actually um, you know a job which maybe uh, five years ago, ten years ago, didn't didn't even exist. Uh, it it is about uh, the massive amounts of data that are being collected and the ability to create value from that data. Uh, and that requires uh, skills which are at the intersection of data science, IT skills. So, so basically uh, being strong in mathematics and algorithms, but also programming, uh, as well as having a good, uh, good business skills. These are new types of, of jobs, but also new types of, of skill sets uh, that are increasing in, uh, in importance. The digitalization also um, leads to, you know, a, a global shortage of uh, cybersecurity skills. And if you look at, you know, the, the recent weeks, um, the, you know, massive uh, cybersecurity attacks the U.S. had and, and, and also uh, what, we, what we have seen in the past, uh, you can see that this is a problem that is going to um, rise with uh, increased connectivity, increased digitalization. Uh, and therefore, the uh, the demand for cybersecurity skill sets is only going to increase. And cybersecurity demand uh, is actually increasing three times faster than any other IT job. Uh, so this is really, um, you know, some of these uh, skill sets that that are going to 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 be critical in the in the in the near future. Um, the, the, the problem that a lot of uh, companies are, are experiencing today is, is really uh, the ability to, um, to build uh, the right digital capabilities at the, at the right time. Um, there's a bit uh, a mismatch between uh, um, you know, the way talent is sourced today, the way skill sets are developed, uh, and, and, and what is available on the market. Uh, traditional sources very much focusing on, on cost, uh, but with a scarcity of talent, uh, you really need to focus on, on, on knowledge. Um, in the same way, um, um, when you want to, to, uh, to learn um, you know, some of these new skill sets, uh, you need to focus a bit more. It's not only about the academic uh, study, it's also about getting more and more practice, hands-on experience, experiential learning, uh, and basically field work done to, to quickly become operational. So, so companies have been uh, struggling to, to get um, you know, the right type of you know, capabilities when it comes to, uh, to digital skill sets, in particular in the, in the areas that I, I mentioned before. Um, now, today, we, 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 are, we are only learning on how to remote uh, to work remotely, right? Um, a lot of the, the, the work we are doing, you know, if we look at since at the start of the pandemic, for instance, a lot of the work is being done over uh, synchronous communication, over Zoom calls or Microsoft Teams or the likes. Um, but 
re remote work uh, and remote collaboration is so more so much more uh, in the future in the near future we will see much more integrated uh, tools and systems that allow us to to work remotely and and collaborate in in ways that are similar to what we could do uh, in a physical physical presence um, so technology is advancing quickly and um, that also means that the office space, in a sense, will not have the same meaning as, as, the, as it has today and the future. Um, it also means that when we look at the importance of uh, technology in, in uh, you know, tomorrow's jobs, uh, what employers will be looking for is not only people that have uh, theoretical knowledge in one area or the other, but people that are familiar with the right type of collaboration tools, people that are familiar with the right type of platforms, um, people that can be operational right away, uh, wherever they are, uh, you know, around the world. So these are for some of the some of the hard skills. Um, at the same time, um, as I mentioned, we live in times of great uncertainty. Uh, times of great uncertainty means that um, you know when you run the business. Uh, you need to develop more of an entrepreneurial mindset. You need to be willing to try out things. You need to be willing to, to make experiments. Uh, and this is pretty much what entrepreneurs do. Entrepreneurs are you know, willing to, to fail. They're willing to fail fast and, and learn. Um, they're committed, they're mission driven. Uh, and that is a very different type of, uh, of leadership that, that, that what you sometimes find in, uh, in corporates. Uh, but we will see more of that entrepreneurial mindset, um, you know, sipping into into larger corporates as well, especially as um, you know, um, business model disruptions, business model innovations are becoming increasingly important. Uh, businesses will need to transform, and they will need to to leverage digital to strive, or or they will they will die. So entrepreneurial mindset is becoming increasingly important. Uh, also for uh, for corporates, um, other things uh, which 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 are important um, as part of this is is a bit more uh, developing that emotional intelligence. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs have, and you might not see that much in in you know in other environments, and that is um, self awareness and self discipline. Um, so some of these soft skills will becoming uh, increasingly important. Um, we talk a lot about uh, you know things like critical thinking or creativity as important skills, uh, but I think e equally important will be um, self awareness. Self self awareness is really about uh, understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, your limits, uh, so that your ego doesn't does, doesn't take over. Uh, and self discipline is really about you know doing the things that you know you 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 said you would do and and, and not. Um, you know, leaving important important things aside. Um, so these are emotional, you know, soft skills that that will become increasingly important important as well. Um, new leadership types uh, will be will be required, and new uh, skills will be um, you know needed. Uh, emotional intelligence, as I mentioned, is about these things. It's about self awareness. It's about self regulation. Uh, developing social skills motivating others, but also empathy. Empathy to be able to also understand the others uh, in order to, to move forward. 
Um, there's actually a good book written about something a bit similar, which is called Political Intelligence. Uh, and this is a topic we often, I often take up as part of a uh, you know, digital transformation. Uh, political intelligence is really about using emotional intelligence in order to, to drive agendas forward, uh, navigate sometimes complex environments. Um, you know, as I mentioned, um, we live in times of uncertainty, VUCA times, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. Uh, and basically that means that leaders need to be able to navigate that type of environment and they need, you know, new types of skill sets to be, to be able to do that. Uh, and, and political intelligence is one of these skill sets that's going to be increasingly important. So today, um, you know, now we, we, we talked about um, the way society is changing, the way um, you know, you have to take more ownership of your learning, uh, the way that, in a sense, employers is maybe not going to drive your career development as the way they were doing it uh, before. Uh, but not only that, uh, when we look at um, what is being provided today by employers, um, most employees actually believe that, um, you know, it's not, it's not really helping. A lot of the trainings that are offered by employers, 45% believe it's not helping. Majority of the trainings actually considered useless and boring. And a lot of companies, although they know that they struggle with capabilities, are not investing enough in training. What does all of this mean? All of this means that basically as an individual, as a, you know, as a citizen, as, a, as an employee, as, a, as an entrepreneur, uh, you cannot delegate your skills development to, to, to anybody else. You, you, you need to take ownership of it uh, and you need to give it a direction that is based on what you believe uh, society will, uh, will look like in five years, in 10 years. Um, so here I try to give some indications on, uh, you know, how technology is going to impact society when it comes to, uh, you know, businesses, uh, increased remote work, uh, more autonomy, uh, but it also means uh, becoming more entrepreneurial, uh, becoming more proactive, becoming more autonomous. Uh, it means that uh, emotional skill sets, uh, social, social uh, emotional intelligence, political intelligence will be increasingly important, uh, but also uh, there's going to be a continuous uh, demand for technology skills, whether it's artificial intelligence, data science, um, developers, coders, uh, cybersecurity experts. These are all skill sets that are going to continue to grow over the coming years. Um, yeah, and um, you 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 can look for employers that, that basically provide you that type of support. Uh, and, and a lot of people are are still relying on that and are ready to move uh, if the employer doesn't uh, provide them with the rights. Uh, you know, skills development uh, opportunities. Uh, but I think more and more people also realize that they need to take ownership of that uh, by themselves. So how do you learn? So now, now we know the what and, and in a sense the why, uh, but how do you learn? Um, so again, if, if we look at um, kind of a time horizon, historically, um, what we were offered was very much a generic training. Uh, and as we enter uh, a company, we got offered internal training programs. Now, as businesses are transforming, um, you know, the, the, the training also is becoming 
more personalized. Uh, career development is taking a different meaning and, and the, uh, the employee is not taking full ownership of your training anymore. It's more of a blended training. Uh, the employer focuses more on, on digital upskilling, uh, but for a lot of these other skills, you have to take care of them, you know, on your on your own, and also look at, um, you know, learning and development not only within the company but outside the company as well. As as um, the boundaries uh, in companies become a bit loose, and as uh, you know the the loyalty of the employee and employer becomes a bit loose. Uh, and, and the workforce becomes a bit more on demand, um, you know, we will compete with each other in a sense and, and, you know, for the jobs we want. And that means that learning needs to be continuous, self-guided, uh, but also uh, it needs to be uh, helping us to be operationally ready. So there's going to be uh, both, um, you know, a long-term uh, development that we do as individuals, but also a need to learn new skill sets just in time to be able to incorporate a new business very, uh, very rapidly. So that, you know, that shift in learning, uh, that shift and and taking more ownership and trying out new things, it, it already we start seeing it uh, much earlier or happening progressively happening much earlier uh, as uh, you know now we start having you know, children and teenagers uh, working on extracurricular ac activities to develop some of their coding skills, some of their making skills. Um, so when it comes to, to building things, uh, when it comes to coding, there's um, maker, maker labs or design studios that, that are being set up that can help you develop these skills, you know, outside the uh, traditional academic uh, curricular, but also a lot of that is gaining integrated now in the, in the, in the traditional education system. Um, the learning also to be more effective is also increasingly leveraging uh, technology to provide more immersive learning. Immersive learning allows you also to, uh, to learn faster and, and to have uh, um, a better uh, retention on, on the content you, you, you actually learn. Uh, there's also possibilities to more and more to learn on the job. Uh, so, for instance, if you have a support engineer that needs to, to fix some gear, uh, maybe he knows part of the equipment. So you could, you know, for instance, use virtual reality to overlay some manuals and, and learn on the spot on how to fix the device uh, or maybe even getting a remote assistance. So this is on the job learning uh, and learning on the live job, basically. Um, other types of learning, which is going to be increasingly important is um, learning by doing um, through uh, simulations. So experiential learning through simulation can be done to see whether you, you, know, you acquired your, your marketing skills, if you're able to properly plan your campaigns and basically simulate the impact uh, that that you have by making different types of investments. Uh, these are all new types of learnings that are enabled by uh, by technology, uh, which is very much data driven. Um, we also, you know, it's not only about learning new skill sets, also about learning new tools. Uh, for instance, when when I do online collaborations, uh, a lot is based on platforms like Miro or Mural, 
uh, or others that allow me to to have uh, whiteboards and sharing these whiteboards uh, with my with my partners. Um, so learning to collaborate, um, developing new habits is going to be here essential as well. Um, and learning now, I, I said you need to. I mentioned you need to take more ownership of your learning. Uh, and in the past, that was uh, sometimes a problem because of the cost of, uh, of education, extracurricular education. Now with massive online uh, learning platforms, uh, you, you basically can get, um, you know, your, your data science uh, certifications on machine learning, uh, for instance, uh, you know, at uh, uh, dozens of dollars. So cost of education is, is, is decreasing. You can learn almost anything at almost no cost. Um, and since learning is increasingly important, um, people also want to be able to learn differently. So it's more bite-sized type of learning we, uh, we, we are looking for, but also uh, learning that you know, we can take while driving a car, learning on the grow, uh, listening, listening on a podcast, for instance. Uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, for instance, uh, this is probably one of the best sources of, uh, of inspiration and learning is to listen to, uh, to some of the entrepreneurship podcasts. Uh, Young lady, I'm here to return these shoes. I'm not happy. Okay, ma'am. Um, and what seems to be the problem with them? My feet hurt like hell. Your idiotic manager over there, he told me that these shoes were comfortable. Well, they're not. These shoes are dreadful. Um, well, these are a bit worn out. Do you have your receipt with you? Even the color is hideous. In fact, these are not my taste at all. Okay. Well, can I please have the receipt, ma'am? Right under your eyes. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, well, okay, we have a 30-day money-back guarantee, but you bought this three months ago, so I'm very sorry, but I cannot give this, I cannot take this back. I am a regular, very well-respected customer here, and you should treat me that way. I can't take this back for you. Ignorant child. I, I can't help you for being disrespectful to me like this. You're being very if unreasonable. you don't make the exchange at... You did really well, Angda. <laughs> but you can't tell the customers that they're unreasonable. Okay. No. So try not to lose your cool next time, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Farad, uh, let's try another scenario. Okay. Uh, let's do the one where the customer has a stolen credit card. You got it. Okay. What do you mean this credit card is not working? Join us in creating a world where technology is more human. It, it, it is not only about learning about technology, uh, but here, for instance, in this particular video, you could see how technology can also help us in the learning process. Uh, in particular, you know, here you could see how artificial intelligence can be used uh, to interact uh, with, um, uh, you know, with a with a clerk in a in a, in a, in a retail shop to um, you know basically play a, a role-playing scenario uh, with a with a customer so you can simulate customers you, you can collect data uh, you can play different types of scenarios um, what you can do using data using technology using ai is also to create a more and more personalized uh, a more individualized uh, type of training um, and, and that is really 
the way I want to I want to conclude here is that uh, the very first thing we uh, we need to understand is that uh, the way our society is evolving uh, using technology uh, means that what is important is not so much what you learn right now, but that you keep learning. A learning mindset is going to be increasingly important for everybody. Uh, right now, uh, it's about you know maybe learning a bit about technology, developing more of these uh, emotional intelligence, um, you know, critical thinking, uh, creativity, and so on. But whatever you learn, it's important to keep learning uh, because the speed of change is going to continue to accelerate. So the only thing we can keep as, a, as individuals to, to, to stay on top, to stay competitive, is to be agile, agile in our learning. And, and the only way to do that is to adopt a, a learning mindset. Um, as uh, the, um, if you want, as the, the connection uh, with the um, in a corporate world becomes a bit looser, uh, as we become more autonomous as workforce, is uh, onboarded a bit more, um, you know, on demand, we will all to a certain degree, uh, you know, turn into entrepreneurs and, and we need to all as individuals develop some of these entrepreneurship skills. Um, and uh, these are also going to be increasingly important for future leadership roles. The way we learn is changing as well. It, it's more and more about experiential learning uh, but it is also about just-in-time learning, about learning on the go, about bite-sized content, bite-sized learning. Um, and finally, uh, my last word is about AI. Um, AI, you know, we, we all have our fears. Uh, we all have uh, maybe biases toward, you know, where AI could take us, but I, I strongly believe that AI will also help us to grow as individuals. It will help us to learn faster, to learn better, and to enhance our individual skill sets. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, I hope we will have some time for a couple of questions now. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Jean-Luc, for this presentation. It's been very interesting and insightful, and I'm sure that it's bringing a lot of food for thought because there's a lot of questions uh, piling in. So we will have now this, this uh, timing uh, around uh, 17 minutes to talk about uh, your presentation and answer some questions. So the first question that is very interesting is the following. We are talking about all these exponential technolo technological developments, right? And all this advancement in uh, AI and robotics, automation, etc. And the question is very challenging is, how do you think this brings actually a balance between work and life when what we feel more and more is that because of technology, we become slaves of corporations, slaves of our work, slaves of our phone, uh, cell phones ringing all the time. So how uh, this balance is achieved when actually reality shows otherwise? Here you go. <laughs> Looking forward to the answer. 
That's a very, very challenging question. <laughs> um, so um, it's, not, it's not an easy answer. So I think, um, I mean, take, for instance, the situation uh, we, um, we had right now with the pandemic, right? Everybody is hailing the, uh, the benefits of remote work, right? Uh, but the reality is that uh, people, and especially leaders, are not how should I say, educated, I'm not sure if educated is the right word, uh, but they are not, um, they don't know how to organize their work uh, in such a way so that you can work as asynchronously. The traditionally, traditional leadership style is very much synchronous. You talk to your employees on a constant basis. And so basically what has been happening during the pandemic is that people ended up having a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of MS team calls. Like half of the week they spend on calls and then basically they still need to get the job done. So basically half of the time that is spent is to satisfy the needs of the leader. And basically um, then you need to work extra hours to basically do the things you have to do. So, you know, here for me, this is misuse of technology. Uh, it's because people don't know. I mean, they just say that, okay, work remotely, use, uh, we have Zoom, we have MS Teams and everything is fine. But I think the reality is different. Now, um, I I've seen this a lot from um, comparing the corporate world with the way startups work. Uh, startups are very much using whatever fits, whatever gets the job done. Uh, and, and people work in very different ways. And I think that has not yet... Um, you know, penetrated the, uh, you know, the, the corporate environment completely. So, so right now, I, I think technology is often misused, but if the technology would be uh, used properly, especially in, in uh, using the right type of collaboration tools, introducing more asynchronous mechanisms, um, you know, work would be done more efficiently. I mean, I know it myself, you know, having worked in a, in a corporate, out of the eight hours that, that, that you stay at the job, your effective working time is around three hours. So why, why should we continue being slaves, you know, you know, in a sense to the corporate world? And I think a lot of people recognize that. A lot of people, especially the younger generations, they want to work for a company that basically, you know, recognizes the work that is done, not the time that is spent in the office. Um, so I think we, we'll see these uh, shifts, and as we um, as now it's easier also to to work uh, remotely. Um, it's it's going to be not only we will compete for jobs with other remote uh, people working remotely, but also companies will will have to have a stronger purpose, a stronger drive to convince people to still work for them. Um, so that's one part. Uh, then. Uh, there is the other thing, um, and, and that's a bit uh, related more to our private lives rather than the corporate world. So I think in the corporate world, there's a lot of changes that still need to happen so that technology really gives us the efficiencies we want. Uh, but then uh, on, the, on the private side, uh, what we have to be very, very, very careful with is um, the um, you know, social media addictions on one side, but also uh, being, being more uh, aware and educated on uh, the nudging, nudging effects of, uh, of, of digital marketing. Uh, so right now, uh, if you have seen the movie uh, Social, Social Dilemma on Netflix, 
you, you understand what I mean. Uh, I mean, basically, we're getting manipulated to keep our eyeballs uh, connected to, to, uh, to screens. Uh, so this is something for me, uh, there's an education uh, that is completely missing today um, on how to, uh, how to use social media uh, and, and what, to, what are the dangers uh, and what are the things we should uh, you know, avoid. Uh, so these are two different sides. Uh, and I think if we don't um, change the processes on the corporate side and the leadership mindset, we will not leverage the technology in the best way. And same thing on the, on, the, on the private side, if we don't get more education early on. Uh, so these are, let's say, two answers I would have. Thank you for that one. I, again, very challenging, lots of uh, food for thought. Uh, before going to the next question, I would like to just, uh, you know, uh, add, add to the fire uh, some kerosene, saying there's this article from 2011 that talks about, it's called, you can always check in, but you can never check out. For, Talking about Google, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's exactly going to your first uh, item in the response. Meaning, younger generation or, or or youth is not about age, but it's like you can always check in. You are into the play game gamification and and, and playfulness, but you finish working twenty hours a day because you are sucked into the system and you don't know what's going on. And this is the yes. tyranny of performance. But you are free to go, you know, but you don't because you know how it works. So just saying, there's a lot of things going on there. There's different sides. Going to, the, <laughs> going to the next question, because this one is also interesting. Uh, in a few years, robots will be roaming the streets everywhere, like, like, like exactly the video which you just showed for training, which is a beautiful video. I loved it. Um, how, how this situation will affect life and learning? having robots everywhere, you know? Well, how do you see uh, this uh, in the future? Yeah, so um, let's say um, th 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 there's one side which is technology uh, and, and technology uh, without, um, let's say, without regulation, without um, supervision, without uh, discussion about, about ethics and, 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 and biases and so on uh, can uh, lead to a Wild West scenario, right? Um, so, you know, this is something we need to be very, very uh, uh, careful with uh, because we don't want uh, technology to be used, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, in the wrong way. Just, just, to, just to, give you, uh, to give you an idea, not, not even going to robots, uh, for instance, in the in the U.S., um, uh, U.S. Uh, criminal courts uh, were were allowed to use uh, AI systems uh, to basically um, uh, provide them with um, indications and whether a criminal could be a repeat criminal, because in the in the in the, in the U.S. Uh, they are allowed to. Um, you know, to give different types of sentences if they believe that, let's say, the person is more dangerous, then you, you might want to lock him up for, for longer. Now, the problem is um, that these AI systems, when they were audited by uh, NGOs, uh, they basically, and initially they were, you know, tech companies, they don't give you the insights necessarily. So they were, they didn't tell you about the algorithms, they didn't tell you about the learning process. 
but what the NGO discovered is that basically the system was heavily biased uh, toward uh, uh, Afro-Americans. So basically the way the system was trained in uh, Afro-American would be more likely to get uh, an increased sentence than a white Caucasian, um, you know, serial murder. You know, that's because the way the system was, uh, was designed. So that's the type of risks we are exposing ourselves to if we don't regulate, um, uh, if we don't regulate things. And, and also, I have to say, uh, even some of the, uh, the platforms that we're hailing today, like Uber, um, I'm not sure if they're doing that much. I mean, they're doing good for, uh, for us as consumers, but in terms of work, uh, they're not, uh, you know, for taxi drivers, uh, the quality of their life is actually lower than, than what it was before. Um, so I, I think we, we sometimes we, uh, we promote the, you know, um, the, uh, should I say, the, the, the openness and, and, uh, of, of everything uh, in, in terms of innovation. But, but we need to also look at the, uh, uh, you know, sometimes the downsides. And, and in particular, some of the technology gets uh, adopted so fast um, that uh, it, it, could, it could lead to, uh, to mistakes. So this, this is one, one aspect, is about kind of the ethical usage. Uh, and and the, of course, the, 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 the other um, point related to that uh, uh, a bit is, is everything related to data privacy, you know. Um, um, and again, that's with AI systems. Uh, then when it comes to, uh, to robots, um, here the question is also, you know, uh, what should you use robots for? What, what are the limits? Are, are there maybe some limits? Uh, to what a robot should be should be able to do, um, and 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 I think here maybe sometimes we, we, we want to go too fast again so that we don't we, we don't put the uh, kind of the critical eye on the uh, on the technology. So so I think over over the coming years we will see a lot a lot of discussions around uh, ethics uh, around bias. Uh, and then also possibly, uh, um, you know, the future of work, right? Um, uh, in, in, in some countries, they, they, um, they, they already discussed things like, uh, uh, what's it called, um, uh, universal salary. I think it was Finland. Finland was the first country in the world that, that has been uh, approaching universal salary. So they're, they're looking at the future. What if, what, what if we have a population and, and only... Uh, part of that population will work. Uh, how do the others, um, you know, live, and 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 uh, how do we deal with that problem? Um, I think Completely hard wrong. to give a good answer to that question, but but I, I think I'm going to push it toward et ethics, et ethics discussions, and bias, and and also uh, future of work. Can look. I have another question, which is very interesting, and is. Do you think that virtual reality or augmented reality or XR, as was presented yesterday, can efficiently and effectively replace hands-on practical learning for real? Like hands-on experiences can be replaced by virtual reality or augmented reality in a virtual fashion? 100%. Uh, that that I'm, I'm, I'm completely convinced. Uh, and... Um, 
I think I've seen an example recently that that, that gave me that uh, that impression, and and it was related to uh, to Industry 4.0. Uh, so so basically, um, it, 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 it you know when when you have to do um, it was for Renault actually, and and um, there was a person that had to to inspect different parts of a, of an engine. Uh, or, or different yeah, electric, yeah, component. So basically by having the, uh, um, the augmented reality, it's not like having a book. You actually, you, you see the physical piece of equipment and you, you overlay the information. It, it's, I think the, the, the visual side of this is, is, is really, really uh, helping. Now, uh, I think that the, the uh, now that being said, uh, I, I think, um, uh, what we, you know, when, when, when we talk about uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, what, what people fail to explain or, or maybe don't spend enough uh, uh, attention to is the usability. Uh, so initially, you have to remember, like, when was it? Like 10 years ago, uh, Google Glass uh, was a failure, right? As a, you know, as a product, technology-wise, it was working. Uh, but the user experience was, you know, it's too complicated. Uh, now, and, and also, uh, when, when you looked at the, the first versions of the Oculus uh, for virtual reality, you, you had to connect it to a computer. Now you have a portable system. You, you know, the, the, these, the, whether you can move around, whether you get the right user experience, this expands uh, the types of scenarios you, you, you can play. Um, I've seen also... Um, a virtual uh, reality being used to uh, to address things like fear of heights. Uh, so also not only for um, learning, but also for addressing other types of you know illnesses. Um, but in terms of, I think in terms of learning, as I said, um, you the good thing, as you could see with a you know fear heart robot, is that you, you you can play many different scenarios. You can you can also I think when you when you have that type of uh, uh, let's say uh, virtual reality, augmented reality that is connected to an AI system. You also have the ability to record the data. You have the ability also to see where the strengths and weaknesses are, and, and then basically replay a, a scenario if a person hasn't, you know, learned well, and, and and maybe play an alternative scenario to test something else. These things are very easy to do when you have. Uh, digital systems, but are very difficult to do in, a, in, a, in another setup. Thank you for that, and look, we have another very challenging question to see your opinion, right? And this question is the following. We are talking about the future of jobs, the future of education, and this goes particularly to university curriculum and the role of uh, professors, teachers, etc. And the question is the following. There's, there seems to be two streams of uh, importance given to one guys you need to focus on research academic research advanced knowledge and you know research scientific research and and publications become very very important all this advancement of knowledge creation etc which is of significant significant importance for universities and institutions to advance knowledge and to increase the ranking of the university to attract new learners to be accredited blah blah on the other side there's a significant emphasis lately on skills development, which is practical matters, skills, which is practicum, make it happen, period. 
and there's not so much reflection, but you need to learn the game by doing it. You learn by doing. And sometimes the rationals are completely incompatible and go in completely different directions and take time. Or you do this or you do that. But we are asked, we, it's like a, a, an ambidexterity message, a schizophrenic message. Do this, do that. How do you see this in the future? What should be the emphasis? How to conciliate this or how to deal with this? I think I think um, I think the problem is really what you mentioned is that it, it's really a bit black and white and, and and the reality is probably shades shades of gray. Uh, but um, let, let's say I think when it comes to to uh, academic research, uh, especially when it comes to tech, uh, I, I think um, uh, first of all. Um, and, and I think some countries are doing this better than other, but I think a lot of the research uh, should be driven more by, um, I would say, uh, you know, enterprise needs or, or business needs. Um, so in a sense, uh, I think that that type of deep research is needed, but, but what is the source of it? You know, why, why should we do that type of research is not always clear. Um, so that more of that research should be tied to clear uh, clear challenges, I think. Uh, for instance, I mean, just to give you an example, I was really, really shocked uh, when I looked at, uh, you know, even in, in uh, uh, what was it, Horizon 2020 in Europe. Uh, so in Europe, uh, there is this uh, mechanism uh, to get uh, grants, research grants for uh, innovations that are coupled to industry or society needs. So the problem uh, that I, I actually stumbled on is that uh, people that work in government that are defining these projects that you can get grant for, they have no clue of what's happening in the private sector. So some of the projects that were listed for academics to get grants, there were things that were actually existing in physical products. It's just that they didn't have the knowledge of that. So here the problem is, if you want, the problem at that level is then, okay, it's not only, um, you know, the problem of academia, because academia is trying to get grants, right, to fund the research. Uh, it is actually the ones defining the, 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 the programs that didn't have enough knowledge on how quickly the industry is actually moving. Uh, and that, that, that for me, you know, uh, that means, uh, you know, sometimes at government level, there needs to be uh, more knowledge on, on, on technology and how to better fund uh, you know, research so that you do research on the right things. Thank you, Jean-Luc, for that. We have a couple of other questions, but we are run out of time already. I just uh, would like to thank you so much because you've done a very interesting, compelling presentation touching so many points. Uh, you, you provoke people, you provoke me, you provoke everyone, and this is exactly the way to go. And I really, really enjoyed uh, being in the session with you. I, I was very privileged for this and I want to say thank you. And having said that, I would like to contact you personally then to continue this, this talk and maybe do something together. To thank right. you so much. I would like to thank also the audience for being there, uh, for, for, for your contributions and questions. Very challenging, very interesting. And also for the organizers. Thank you so much, guys, and see you around in the next session. Take care. All right.